0: Welcome to your career. I'm your host and resident career expert, Todd Bermont. We are coming to you from beautiful downtown Conroe, Texas on Lone Star Community Radio, FM 104.5 and 106.1 worldwide on IRLoneStar.com. Each week on this program, we'll be discussing key topics to empower you to succeed with the job search and your career. In addition, we'll share with you the latest career-related news and jobs data you can use to land a new job and make more money. Our goal here with your career is to share with you insider secrets and tips you can use whether you're looking for a new job or just want to make more on your existing one. On today's program, we have a real exciting guest, Shelby Sims. Shelby has such a motivational story that you will absolutely want to stay tuned for this. She will also share with you some insider secrets and tips of what she looks for when hiring some prospective employees. However, before diving in, for those of you who don't know me, my name is Todd Bermont, author of Ten Insider Secrets to a Winning Job Search and director of sales and marketing for Evolve Holdings in Houston. Evolve helps customers plan, design, build, and maintain data centers and other mission-critical facilities. Those of you who are regular listeners know that we typically start the show sharing with you the latest job-related data, and this week is no exception. In fact, there is a ton of data to share with you from this week. First, let's start with the ADP Jobs Report. Specifically, the ADP National Employment Report is a measure of the monthly change in non-farm private employment based on the payroll data of approximately 400,000 U.S. business clients. Now, according to ADP, non-farm payroll in the private sector employment grew by over 246,000 jobs this past month. This is great news as almost 100,000 more jobs re- were created last month than the previous in the private sector. The U.S. labor market is hitting on all cylinders, and we saw small and mid-sized businesses perform exceptionally well, according to the vice president and co-head of the ADP Research Institute. Mid-sized companies, those companies' 50 to 499 employees, saw the biggest jump, increasing over 102,000 jobs in the previous month. As we've said so many times in this program, when you're looking for a new job, don't forget about small and medium-sized employers. They create upwards to 80% of all new jobs. Next, that brings us to the weekly report for jobless claims. This past week, approximately 279,000 people filed new unemployment claims. While this is a lot of people, this is actually still very good news. For one, it's below that magic 300,000 mark that shows that we are in a good labor economy. But even better, if you look at the same week last year, last year at this time, 312,000 people filed new unemployment claims. So year over year, 33,000 people less. So 33, an improvement of 33,000 people filed for unemployment claims this year versus last year. So that's a 10% improvement. So the economy is picking up steam, which is really exciting news. Now, the biggest and most watched report this week is the monthly jobs report. That came out this morning. According to the US Department of Labor, the BLS Bureau of Labor Statistics, boy, that's a lot of acronyms, um, 227,000 jobs were created in the past month. Now you might say, well, how does the ADP report show 246,000 But yet the government report shows only 227,000. Well, what that means is uh, government didn't create as many jobs. So that that takes into account both the private sector and the government sector. So the uh, private sector now is uh, outpacing the government hiring. Now, uh, as I said at the beginning of the year, you can just feel the momentum in the air for this economy. And that is great news for those of you that are seeking a new job. Now, last week, we started a new segment on the show, The Question of the Week. Got a question? Be sure to let us know on our Facebook page at YourCareerToddBermont. For this week's question, Jenny asks, I'm currently employed, but want a new job. I have a profile with LinkedIn, and I've had it for quite a while, but I've never had any offers come through it. How do you go about updating the profile on LinkedIn to get noticed? The other issue is, how do I put it out there that I'm looking for a new job, Without alerting my current employer, do you have any advice on how to make my LinkedIn page work for me? Well, that's about five questions in one, I think. So a little more, uh, Jenny cheated there on the question of the week. She asked about five questions. But but let's, let's look at this. First of all, for those of you who don't know about LinkedIn, LinkedIn is like the Facebook for professionals. And I don't care what profession you're in, you should absolutely have a profile on LinkedIn and use it to build your network. For the first part of the question, just like you will never get an offer from your resume, you know, certainly a resume can help you get an interview, but you're not gonna get a job offer just from the resume. The same thing holds true for LinkedIn. You know, you could have the best profile on LinkedIn and that doesn't mean you're gonna get an offer, but it can help you get noticed. And LinkedIn is absolutely a critical tool for marketing your skills and building your network. Now, to get your LinkedIn profile noticed, My suggestion is to use the same techniques marketers use to drive traffic to their websites. This is called search engine optimization or SEO. Make sure your profile has keywords prospective employers will use when they go to search for potential candidates on LinkedIn. Think about common keywords you'll see in job descriptions for jobs that interest you. Make sure you include those types of keywords throughout your profile. Next, have quantifiable results and key selling points. Now for the final piece of the question, it's a touchy subject when updating your profile because you don't, you you don't want to be obvious to your current employer that you're looking for a new job. So, uh, you know, definitely don't put your resume on LinkedIn. I don't don't understand why people do that because it's kind of redundant because LinkedIn is far more powerful than a resume in itself uh, as it is. So I, 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 suggest not putting, and some people will disagree with me on this, but if you're currently employed and you put your resume on LinkedIn, that's shouting out loud and clear to your current employer that, uh, you're looking for a new job. So please don't, those of you that are employed, don't put your resume on LinkedIn. You don't need to. Now, the best way to avoid scrutiny is to keep your profile up to date on a regular basis. I don't care if you're looking for a new job or not looking for a new job. It's, it's good practice to keep your LinkedIn profile updated on a regular basis. That way you, you won't cause any suspicions when you actually are in the market for a new job. So with that being said, you're currently listening to Your Career with Todd Bermont on Lone Star Community Radio, FM 104.5, 106.1, and IRLoneStar.com. Got a question or topic you'd like covered? Check out our Facebook page, Facebook.com slash Vermont. Stay tuned because after the break, we have an exciting guest, Shelby Sims, who has an incredible story to share with you and a tremendous perspective on hiring. Stay tuned.
1: Lone Star Community Radio is Montgomery County's community radio station, and we are looking for talk show hosts and volunteer DJs for our music shows. Are you interested in having your own talk show on Lone Star, or have you always wanted to live out your dreams of being a music DJ? With the addition of Conroe's FM 104.5 and 106.1, and video aspects of our talk shows, we are needing people to grow with us. If you or someone you know might be interested, please contact us online at IRLoneStar.com slash contact us, or call the station at 936-647-647. 5747 for more information.
0: Welcome back to Your Career. I'm your host and resident career expert, Todd Bermond. Each week on Your Career, we'll be sharing valuable information you can use to further your career and land the ideal job. And I'm just so excited today because we have incredible guests joining us this afternoon Shelby Sims. Shelby is in data center management for a major university in Houston. Shelby has a fascinating perspective on the job search and hiring process. Shelby is a working manager leading by example and working with consensus to achieve the best overall solution while empowering employees through the process. Her strengths involve the ability to develop processes that move businesses from reactive to proactive. And, you know, that's just so important in today's world because I don't know. Ninety percent of business today—it seems like it's always in react mode versus being proactive—and it's so,
2: which is very, very um, critical when you look at the stress of your staff.
0: Absolutely. Because
2: no one likes to work under a lot of stress.
0: No, that's true.
2: And so, if you move it from reactive to proactive, they love you a lot.
0: Well, after I finish introducing you, I want to drill down on that a little bit because I'd like to. I'd like to. Because I'm not sure I've heard the correlation between stress and being proactive before or lack thereof. So so I can't wait to expand upon that. So uh, Shelby's strengths involve the ability to develop processes, as we mentioned. But also uh, what's really fascinating to me is her career in electronics began at age 12, which which is really amazing, to where you actually assembled PC boards? Yes, I did. At age 12? Yes, I did. And uh, for, for extra cash. And uh, her first full, uh, full-time job was with the Compaq back in 1983, was
2: it? Or? Oh, I worked in the oil industry. Oh, you're in the oil service.
0: industry. All right. And uh, and then today, Shelby manages several people and is responsible for overseeing the data center operations for a major uh, university. And, and also, you've been featured in some data center magazines as well, right? Absolutely. Outstanding. All right, so... So I had a bunch of prepared questions. And as usual on this program, uh, we always get off track. And, and already we're going to get off track because Shelby really got me thinking here. All right. Now, you were saying that somehow you're able to lower the stress of your employees by being proactive instead of reactive. And I'd really like you to elaborate on that point.
2: Well, it's, it's really simple. Do you like people who cut you off in traffic? No. So don't you like to know what's coming in front of you? Yeah, I do. It's a very simple idea. And so I have a lot of loyalty from my staff because I push things from reactive to proactive.
0: So how do you go about doing that? Like what types of things do you put in place to do that?
2: Well, I think a lot of people have to look at things and say, well, is this something that we do all the time? And are we always jumping through hoops every single time? Remember in business, terminal uniqueness is a killer. So what you want to do is you want to take the similarities of each one of those jobs and you want to kind of put them together and you want to treat them all as one and you know they're going to come every day and you're going to respond the same way.
0: So can you give an example that maybe in your world, in the data center world, um, because I'm having a hard time visualizing what you're saying there.
2: Well, you know, quite often in the data center world, in IT as a whole, uh, we have boxes that show up that we didn't know were going to be there. And so this happens all the time. So the process basically remains the same on whether or not we're going to have previous knowledge or one minute's knowledge. And there's no need for anyone to be reactive, ever.
0: So does that mean you have like written down procedures? Absolutely.
2: How to- Everything is written down. Everything is understood. Part of the job when you come in is to read and to make changes to those procedures if you see, a good, because my staff owns them. I don't, because I don't do the work.
0: All right. So especially in the data center world, given that I live in that world on a daily basis, there's always something unexpected that, that can happen. And um, so how do you plan for the unexpected so that way you're still being proactive versus reactive?
2: Well, you know, there's always an exception to every rule. You know, my hair can catch fire just as fast as anybody else's, right? So,
0: Well, I don't have that much
2: hair. say <laughs> <in it. laughs> so you're giving yourself away. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, so the thing for me is you're always going to have those things. And there's not much that you can do because you're going to have, there, there is an exception to every single rule in life. True. But if you do everything that you can on all of the others, then your predominant, way of doing business is proactive versus reactive.
0: And then when a reactive situation does come about, do you have procedures on how to address the reactive situation as well or 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 how do you how do you manage that stress level of your employees when the unexpected does happen?
2: Well, IT as a whole has lots of rules and regulations and things that you have to follow if something does happen that you have to react to. So, um, and hopefully you know what those are.
0: <laughs> Outstanding. All right. So now, now I'd like to get back to, uh, the first question that I was going to ask. And, uh, you know, I, I'm just really curious, you know, how in the world at age 12, did you get involved in, in assembling PC boards? I mean, what, I mean, I don't know. When I when I was age 12, I was worried about playing baseball and soccer and stuff like that. How was it that you thought, well, I'm going to wake up today and start assembling PC boards?
2: Well, I didn't have a choice. You know, I came from the other side of the tracks. Um, we didn't have much money. And my mom took this on because she was in electronics and electrical and um, for extra money. And um, she had four kids before she was twenty years old. So we all participated in doing PC boards.
0: And did she have like a, a factory? Did you do this in the home? How did? No, we did, you, did
2: it at home at the kitchen table.
0: You put the boards together at the kitchen table. Yeah,
2: Tell me all about resist resistors and capacitors and she would, she would show me the schematic and show me how it went together and and we just made them based so, on the documentation.
0: So what did these boards go into?
2: Oh, I don't know. They were all analog. Good grief. I'm not <laughs> going to talk about my age right now.
0: Wow. That, that, that is really fascinating. So the whole family then would, would participate in putting these together.
2: Yes. Yes. For ta- for food on the table.
0: That, that is, that is amazing. You know, it, it's, it you know, it's interesting because, you know, back, you know, I think back to even when I was in college, you know, now I'm going to date myself a little bit, but I graduated in 86, and um, I didn't even know what a PC was until the final semester uh, of college where my roommate got, you know, maybe you'll remember this, a Commodore PC. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I do. And uh, that was my first introduction. And and for those of you in the audience uh, that might not even know what a Commodore PC is, these PCs didn't even have a hard disk drive. They operated off of either a single floppy or or if you were really lucky, you had two floppy disk drives.
2: And they cost a mint.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and uh, how fast did those PCs run? Do you remember? Only as
2: fast as that little floppy disk would turn around. <laughs> I mean, it was it was like slow as Christmas.
0: So uh, the megahertz on the chips back then, I want to say, were 4 megahertz, was it? No,
2: no, on the chips? Oh, gosh. Um, I, well, want,
0: I want to say it was a 4 megahertz chip.
2: I'm, I'm not even going to say it was that. I think it was KB. Really? Oh, my gosh. Well, wow. when I knew, you know, when I first came into the uh, computer industry, it was, yeah.
0: So for those of you in this audience, the computers back in those days, you probably needed... More than a thousand to two thousand of those computers to equal the processing power on your on your cell phone today, so uh, we the technology has really uh, just made leaps and bounds. So,
2: well, it's exceeded Ohm's law.
0: Well, and, and for those people that are in the audience, can you elaborate on what Ohm's law is? Because a lot of people might not be aware of what that law is.
2: Well, Ohm's law is basically where you say that is it Ohm's law? No, it's not Ohm's law. There's a, uh, there's a rate of growth, mm-hmm. okay, that electrical can, you know, they, they predicted a long time ago a rate of growth in, in electrical, and basically um, it's been compounded year after year. I'm not sure if it's Ohm's law or something.
0: Yeah, there, yeah, there's, you know, I want to say it was, I, I know the law that you're talking about because it. it uh, somebody with Intel coined that phrase years and years ago. it had to do with like the doubling of processing speed every, I think it was a year or something like that. But, uh, but yeah, just incredible leaps and bounds. Now in, in getting to know you, Shelby, one of the things that's amazed me is how you've been able to achieve such, such great career success with minimal formal education. And, uh, you know, all, all too often, and we've got a couple minutes before we go to break, but uh, all too often I hear from people that it's impossible to get a job without a college degree, and uh, I was wondering if for a couple minutes you could speak to that, and then if we need to continue after the break, we will, because this is a very important topic to our listeners.
2: Yeah, well, there's an awful lot of people who can't afford to go to college, or they don't know how to work the scholarship stuff, you know, and I came from a place where I was not going to be able to afford to go to college because if I did I wanted a PhD in psychology and I didn't want to do clinical what I wanted to do was I wanted to do um, I wanted to write books on human behavior It just it just blows my mind literally <laughs> and um, so I knew that I wasn't gonna be able to go to college and um, so i got a job at minimum wage and um you know and I, I did what a lot of kids do today they just take the first job that they can possibly get and uh, i don't know if some people are made different i don't know if some people just have someone come into their life and tell them hey you can be more than this." There are mentors in our lives or just messages in our lives that come your way. All you have to be is open and available to hear those messages.
0: All right, so now you're getting deep on us, and, and I want to continue down that thought process when we come back from the break And uh, because uh, I, I really want to drill down on um, getting the receiving those messages from the universe because that's so important. So with that, you're currently listening to Your Career with Todd Bermont on Lone Star Community Radio, FM 104.5, 106.1, and IRLoneStar.com. Stay tuned for more with Shelby Sims.
3: I know you know this already, but most of the shows on Lone Star Community Radio are available in podcast format. If you want to keep up with the latest shows, just subscribe to our YouTube channel, Lone Star Community Radio, and our website at IRLoneStar.com. You can even follow us on SoundCloud and Twitter to see the latest posts from Lone Star Community Radio. Can't find a show? Then just search for it on IRLoneStar.com in the search bar to the top right of every page. Or just contact us on IRLoneStar.com contact us with your questions, demands, sponsorships, anything. Lone Star Community Radio is your Montgomery County community radio station.
0: Welcome back to your career with Todd Bermond. Before the break, we were talking about a topic that kind of started to get a little bit deep, and I want want to um, discuss that a little bit further. Shelby, I'm I'm curious, you, you mentioned how you get some messages from the universe on, on directions and which way to go. And uh, I was wondering if you could elaborate on that.
2: Well, I think first you have to know, you have to be unemployed to seek work, you know, and not having a college education was really tough to get any kind of, even if you had a job, you wouldn't get promoted. So... For me, it was I had a couple of people in my life who would sit me down and tell me things like, Shelby, I know you don't like politics, but you're going to have to learn them. You don't have to be good at it. You just have to know that it's always going to be there.
0: Now, by that, do you mean like corporate politics? Yeah,
2: yeah, you know, and um, saying yes when you really want to say no and a lot of other things. And I'm by no means a yes person. Uh, I just found an easier way to, uh, easier, softer way to say no. Um, And I always, I stuck with the things that nobody else wanted to do. It's funny because, and they would, all my coworkers would say, why are you doing those kind of crappy jobs, you know? And I would say, because they're, number one, real easy. And number two, the boss doesn't ever want to do them I get lots of recognition for it.
0: Interesting.
2: Oh, yeah. And because I got to do things that I don't know of any company would let one person who's at the bottom of the food chain manage a huge, you know, top secret endeavor. Because they didn't want the rest of the world to know that something was amiss. So there are, you, you, you build trust. Um, you come in at, you, you wake up every morning and you decide I think I'll go to work. It's a choice every morning yeah And once you make that decision you get to work you make a choice. I'm going to do the very best that I can with what I'm given today. The third thing that you make a choice on is will you know I say yes or no to being the best that I could be And there's a lot of people who get tired. There's a lot of people who don't see the benefit in it. There's a lot of people who think, you know, why should I do that? This is just a company that blah, 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 you know. I had uh, people at Compaq who would send uh, people to me who'd only been there a couple of years but were already burnt out. And I would ask them, you know, what were your choices this morning?
0: And and how would they answer that?
2: Well, you know, I got up and came to work. I said, just... Came to work, right? Yeah. And did you know what you were going to do when you got here? No. I figured I'd just kind of sit at my desk and see what happened. I said, you know, you have a choice. You can go look for things to do to challenge you. It's not your boss's job to challenge you. It never has been and it never will be.
0: That's true. When when I think about throughout my career, uh, areas where I achieved great success and gotten promotions and whatnot, it wasn't because my boss handed it to me, he had to go out and get it. You had to create business cases and you had to perform and you had to, you had to be the top performer. Absolutely. And, and, uh, would always strive to do that. And, uh, so I, am really fascinated by your approach and, uh, especially being an employee. What I'm really curious to get your perspective on when we come back from the break is you hire a lot of people now in your current role and I, and I really want to I'm curious to get your feedback on how you look for those types of people that have the traits that that you're looking for so so with that you're currently listening to your career with Todd Bermont on Lone Star Community Radio FM 104.5 106.1 and IRLoneStar.com Want to reach out to me with a question, go to our Facebook page, or feel free to email me at tbermont at lonestar.com. IRLonestar.com. That's tbermont at IRLonestar.com. Stay tuned for more.
3: Want to check out what it's like to be on the radio? Need credit for school? For an internship? Then contact Dick online at dick at IRLonestar.com. Lone Star Community Radio is Montgomery County's community radio station, and we are here to be part of the community
0: welcome back to your career i'm your host and resident career expert todd vermont each week on your career we'll be sharing valuable information you can use to further your career and land the ideal job today we have a wonderful guest on our program shelby sims and i'm just really fascinated uh because you mentioned how you, you didn't have, or you don't have a college degree, and yet you've achieved such incredible success in your career, Shelby. And, and, and I'm curious, how did how'd you get started? Where, where, where did it all start?
2: Well, I think it started that my father was a mechanic, and my mother was an electric, an elect- electronics. So I learned from both of them. And um, in the beginning, I started in electronics. It was not the digital world, then it was analog. And it was in the oil industry. And um, I spent several years at Daniel Industries Instrumentation Services Division. And um, we built these big giant rooms that went into the uh, refineries. And uh, I was promoted through the ranks there. Uh, And then I was laid off. And I'm like, well, I don't want to work someplace where I'm going to get laid off. So at that time, Compaq was just coming into Houston. So I applied, and uh, I was one of the first several people that actually got hired. And it was an all-day interview. And the guy said, no, I don't think I can hire you because as soon as the oil industry come back up, you'll just go back out because you can make a lot more money. And I basically turned him around and said, look, I'll spit polish your floors for three and a quarter an hour. And he said, good enough. Let me see if I can get you more money. So um, it was important for me to understand that I had some, something to say about whether a company was successful or not. And uh, maybe it was because I got laid off. I don't know. But I was going to do everything in my power to make this company successful. It, well, I had a couple of down days. One day, you know, I was working at Compaq. I was filling boxes. I got hired on the basement floor. And um, I was filling these boxes with, I don't even remember what stuff. And I just kind of sat down and said, this is a load, I'm telling you. And, and then I, the next thought I had was, well, I'm going to be doing this until I'm 80-something. I might as well just enjoy it and make the best out of it. At that point, my life changed, and more and more people. I w- went at things in, in more of a frenzy and more of an excited way. And people started noticing and started asking me to do other things outside of my current position. And so I got to learn a lot of different things, from quality to, you know, just all kinds of different things. And um, when I would apply for other jobs, people would, you know, other managers would run up to me and they'd say, are you sure you want this job? And I'd say, yes, I do. Okay, you're it. They wouldn't even interview me. <laughs> and so, you know, I, I moved rather quickly. Uh, And I had one boss at one point in time who said, well, what do you want to be in a couple of years? And I said, well, you know, I want to be an engineer. And he said, don't you think you ought to go to school? And I said, well, I'm working 16 hours a day here. I'm not so sure I could, you know, and I'm not making enough money really to go to school. So it's one or the other. I'm just going to prove that I can do it. And slowly but surely, and within a couple of years, I was in an engineering department. And that was an incredible thing for me. And it was exactly what I wanted to do. And so uh, one of the last jobs that I had there was designing servers. Now, how many people can say, gee, I'm not even sure if I have a GED. And there I am. I'm an engineer at a major corporation. Literally fulfilled every dream I had. And it was exciting. It was passionate. It It was something, you know, that you just, I mean... You couldn't ask for anything better. It was
0: and, and and you were able to achieve this by not saying no to opportunities, basically.
2: Absolutely. When, at one point in time, I had a uh, cost accounting come to me and ask me, "Hey, do you mind going to all of our offsite warehouses and tell us what we have in all of them? Because they were looking for some millions of dollars worth of perceived losses." And uh, I said, "Sure." I've never been more dirty, more hot. <laughs> and, you know, warehouses are not cooled, right?
0: Well, and especially in Houston. Yeah, un- it was pretty <laughs> unbelievably bad. hot. Yeah.
2: And so uh, I did it and and actually went through all of the, the files on all the computers, and we found out we had a lot less perceived uh, losses than they thought. And, in fact, you know, I, one of the ways that I got my name across, you know, all the way up to the president, was one, that was one of the reasons. And that was also one of the reasons why the president approached me for an off-site obligation where I would run a secretive—I uh, had to hire 30 engineers. Okay, so I'm on the bottom line. I'm working in the basement, and I'm in charge of 30 engineers. Wow. Yeah, and the only thing I, I have to say about this is, you know, I've always been kind of a God person. Now, I don't have to run, run around and say, you need to believe in God or anything like that, but, but I believe that you know. You're born with everything that you need to know. All you have to do is ask. All you have to do is seek, and all you have to do is be willing. And I was all of those things. Now, I'm not going to tell you that, hey, as a kid, I wasn't like, Oh, just a doll. I was rebellious. I was anxious. I was angry. Uh, I was, you know, on the wrong side of the street every single time. I told my teachers to, yeah, I can't say that on the radio all <laughs> the time. You know, so I, it's not like I was like this perfect person. You don't have to be perfect to be successful.
0: So what what do you feel are the key ingredients to be successful?
2: Everybody knows what they're capable of. Stretch it. I had someone who once told me, who said, you have no idea just how far into the flames you can put your hand before you burn.
0: That's pretty profound.
2: Yes. And um, I can tell you that when I became an engineer at Compaq, I'd never been an engineer before. I can tell you when I became... A manager of a data center i'd never been a manager or even worked in a data center before what i did was i looked at the comparisons to the jobs i was designing at compact servers okay they were boxes a data center is a box with a bunch of servers so there's not a big difference
0: right so i the looked servers for the are similarities like yeah, yeah.
2: I just looked for the similarities. And so when people would say, hey, would you do this? I would look at what I was doing and I would say, I think I can do that. That's that's a stretch, but I think I can do that. And um, there's, I always tell people when they say, hey, what would you give me as advice to finding my career? If I go to college and everything else, I say, find your passion.
0: Yeah, passion is so critical because at the end of the day, Far too few people in life look forward to Mondays. And when, you know, we spend a a large portion of our life working in it. And if you're doing something you're not passionate about, that you don't believe in, that you're not excited about, life is going to be tough. It's going to be miserable.
2: And well, you know, Todd, you can tell right now, I don't live that kind of life.
0: That's right. That's right. So I'm curious and and I want to, we got a couple minutes before the break, but you now are on the other side of the equation. Now you hire, you're the one doing the hiring. Yes. And you hire for folks in a mission critical environment, the data center. Yes. And how do you, because the traits that you talked about that are in you, Mm -hmm. these aren't traits you can typically teach, you know, either they're within you, or they're not in a lot of cases. So how do you how do you know when you're interviewing somebody, how do you know if they possess these traits that you're looking for?
2: First of all, I'm going to disagree with you. Okay. Okay. Um, a lot of people don't know where to look for passion. A lot of people don't know where to look for motivation. I mean, you have to look in their eyes and, and look at the way that they carry themselves, and you have to look for that hunger. I do not hire for skill. I do not hire people with educations. In fact, I had my boss tell me that I probably needed to hire this guy one time because he had a master's degree. And I, I gave him, my boss two questions to go ask this guy, to bring him back and ask this guy. I said, if you still want me to hire him, I will. And so he went, he, he asked the two questions, he came back, he said, how did you know? And I said, well, it's just women's intuition.
0: <laughs> All right. So what were the questions?
2: Oh, you know, I'm not going to tell you that. <laughs> You know, but it did have to do with, uh, you know, personality, mm-hmm. you know, and how someone feels about their job and their work and stuff like that. People come into work and and they're either like looking around or they're, you know, just kind of eyes glazed over. I don't know what I want to do, you know. And there's this, you can feel this motivation on, the spa, on their spine. You can see the hunger in their eyes. You, they may not have a single skill in the world. I've hired people who delivered packages on bicycles in downtown Houston and they became one of my best employees.
0: Wow, that that's fascinating. So when we come back fr- from the break, I, I want to dive in more on, on how you go about finding these traits and uh, questions that you might ask to uncover these traits. Um, so this is just exciting stuff. So With that, you are currently listening to Your Career with Todd Bermont on Lone Star Community Radio, FM 104.5, 106.1, and globally on IRLoneStar.com. Got a question or topic you'd like covered on our question of the week? Email me, tbermont at IRLoneStar.com. Stay tuned for much more.
3: Lone Star Community Radio is on FM. That's right, set your radio dials and your button presets to Conros FM 104.5, 106.1 coming in June 2016. To celebrate this edition and the addition of video versions of our talk show and music shows on YouTube and cable TV, we are offering special sponsorship rates, which include free audio spots that are played throughout our broadcasts. Interested? Check out our sponsor rates for shows just like this one you're listening to right now online at IRLoneStar.com sponsor. Or call the station at 936-647-5747. Reaching the people of Montgomery County with Montgomery County's community radio station with Lone Star Community Radio.
0: Welcome back to Your Career. I'm your host and resident career expert, Todd Burma. Each week on Your Career, we'll be sharing valuable information you can use to further your career and land the ideal job. Next week, we are going to cover one of the most important topics on the job search process and that is interviewing to win. And uh, with that theme I'd I'd like to uh, ask Shelby a couple of questions now because uh, you know you mentioned that you look for certain traits in individuals. Absolutely. And what types of questions do you ask in the interview to uncover whether or not somebody has these traits? Like what would possess you to even think that somebody that delivers bicycle packages in downtown Houston could work in a data center? I'm real curious about that.
2: Well, first, that that particular guy, I sent him away and told him to come back to rewrite his resume like he, because, you know, he had what I wanted and I know he had what I wanted. And I wanted him to come back and interview for the job like he wanted it. Not like he was just walking into his neighbor's
0: So how did you know he had what you wanted?
2: Well, I, it's, you know, I I think it would be easy for me to say, oh, it's women's intuition, you know, but it's, it's something that I see in their eyes. I ask the standard questions, just like everybody else. I have a couple of surprise questions because I want to see what they're going to say. Right. You know, like if you win the lotto, what would you do? Right. Or what if what if someone cut you off in traffic or, you know, I asked a question that they're not going to expect in a job interview. And I get to watch them kind of stumble a little bit and watch a little bit of reaction. Um, by the way, the right answer is, well, I would always continue to work if I won the lotto. I'm just kidding.
0: So, so what would be a good answer to that?
2: Um, there really is no wrong answer, but I get to see them think, and try to figure out, you know, what would I do?
0: What, what's the craziest answer you've gotten to that question?
2: I don't know that I've gotten any crazy answers. Well, I think what I've gotten are some of the almost honest question, honest answers. And some of them I might even do. You know? It's, it's, it, it's just, for me, it, it's more about, uh, I, I heard someone just a few days ago who said, Oh, well, I watch how they walk if they walk fast, and that means they're motivated. Really, I walk very slow, okay? And it's because I'm thinking, but I'm also, by the the time I get to where I'm going, I have it all figured out, and I'm moving like nobody's business. So the questions that, in an interview, the first thing, when, when I'm talking, the first thing that you want to get noticed is your resume. I'm going to tell you right now, Pay someone to do your resume.
0: And and why why would you say that?
2: Because and, and, and make sure it's 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 good and make sure you have quantifiable improvement through your resume. Through your resume. Because I get interviews for jobs I'm not even qualified for just because I have a good resume. Oh, and by the way, once you get a job, you should continue to interview just to stay practiced at interviewing.
0: Oh, that's a, that's good perspective. I still do. That's true.
2: I still do. And it doesn't mean that I'm looking for a new job and it doesn't mean, Oh, I'm going to like get this other thing going and I'm going to get a raise from my boss. That's never happened. But should I find myself without a job? I know I can interview and I know I can sell myself because that is the most important part. When you go into interview, you have an opportunity a once in a lifetime if you were to go around bragging about yourself and the rest of the world the rest of the time guess what people would look at you like you were a stuck up son of a gun right <laughs> yep but this is one time where you walk in and you say i can do this job
0: that's so true it's it's so important and we talk about that in this program a lot the importance of selling yourself in the interviews and and the importance of Asking a lot of open-ended questions, you know, really trying to find, you know, what are the challenges and the pain points that the Mm -hmm. hiring manager is experiencing that you can help solve on the job. And we talk about asking questions like, what are the top two or three challenges that keep you up at night?
2: Absolutely. Um,
0: If you had your ideal candidate, what kind of qualities and characteristics would that person have? Uh, Asking a lot of open-ended questions now turns the interview into a two-way dialogue.
2: Oh, yeah. And one of the one the last questions that I always ask is why should I pick you? I mean, I have 40 other candidates. Why you? What makes you stand out?
0: And when you ask that question, what do you look for in the answer?
2: Someone who's telling me the truth.
0: Yeah, that's that's another thing we talk about quite a bit on on this program. My mom when when she was alive used to have a saying that when you tell the truth, you never have to remember what you said. And uh, there's a lot of truth to, to that statement. Absolutely. And, and, it's, and you
2: can tell when someone's just, you know, well, he's just looking over his resume going, well, you know, I can, I can do this and I can do that and I can do this. Or rather, you know, I've been unemployed for six months and I really want this job.
0: Outstanding. Well, we're coming towards the end of the program here. Do you, do you have any final words of advice for job seekers?
2: I can tell you that to become an engineer, I had to apply for the job five times. Five times they told me no. And I kept going back. And I told them every single time I'll be back. And they read the reason why they finally hired me was because they knew I was going to keep coming back. (laughs) And, um, it was what I wanted. Now, you cannot have a bad attitude if you don't get the job. Because if you have a bad attitude because you don't get the job, you don't get to come back in. Because when they see your resume, they're going to go, oh, I didn't like that. So, you know, you got to go, okay, well, I'm going to be back next year.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, Les Brown is a motivational speaker that I've seen quite often over the years and have tremendous respect for him. And he has a saying that, uh, you gotta be hungry. And, um, he, uh, tells the story about how he went to this radio station 23 times to get his first job. So, uh, I tell you that this conversation just flew by today. Shelby, I can't thank you enough for being on the program. Uh, stay tuned next week. We are going to be talking about interviewing to win. If you have any questions, email me at tbermont@irlonestar.com. at So with that, Thank you for listening to Your Career with Todd Bermont. Have a successful day.
1: Thanks for checking out this production on Lone Star Community Radio, Montgomery County's radio station. For more information on this show and other shows on Lone Star, check us out online at irlonestar.com. If you're interested in sponsoring a program on Lone Star Community Radio and Reaching the local audience of Montgomery County on FM, internet, and TV media, please call 936-647-5747, or contact us online at IRLoneStar.com. This recording is a Lone Star Community Radio production, produced by the show host and Dick Schistler of Lone Star Community Radio. Interested in volunteering as a music DJ or... Starting your own talk show? Yeah, contact Dick Schessler at dick at or by phone at 936-647-5747.